0: Good morning, morning. welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, I'm Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths, we are a community that is following after Jesus Christ, living out the Father's love and transforming community by the Holy Spirit, and I'd like to first start off and thank you, thank you for showing up this morning, and that's part of my sermon too, so that's good. I'm coming back from a vacation slash staycation. Thank you to Reverend Dr. John Huffman for preaching here last week. I kind of feel like a big deal when I can pull in Reverend Dr. John Huffman. Yeah, I guess we can round applause. That guy's awesome. I love that dude. Um, what else is happening? We got this. Is the beginning of Passion Week, and so we have a Good Friday service on seven p- at seven p.m back here in the sanctuary on Friday. And that's also a part of my sermon, so I'll mention that later. Don't forget to bring in flowers for the cross. You know, like we have that flowering of the cross. And the way you do that is you grab flowers either out of your garden or pick them up at the store and show up early. Um, The earlier the better, simply because my wife and a team miss a lot of service If you don't show up early enough, so show up early so my wife can come and worship. Um, One great hour of sharing. We're going to be blessing this offering as we pray for the offering this morning. One great hour of sharing. This basically goes straight into the hands of Presbyterian, what's the PDA? Presbyterian Disaster Assistance. For those child of the 80s and 90s, that's public displays of affection, for um, everyone in the Presbyterian world, that's Presbyterian Disaster Assistance, and that basically goes to anybody, hurricane relief, all that jazz. Um, I asked my wife to bring collar stays because I'm going to be put changing out of the robe into a collared shirt, um, and taking pictures. Hopefully, if my kids will allow it. Uh, Malia just gave me the no. It's not going to happen. <laughs> but I got caller stays for afterwards anyway. Also, after, during the fellowship hour, we're going to have tables set up and people, there's food and there's, you learn about people's hobbies. I'm really excited to see what Betty Beanson, because she's got a million hobbies. I don't want to see which one she brought. Um, so make sure you just fellowship afterwards. Anything else? Today's communion for anybody listening on the podcast. Get your elements ready for the Friday after Easter. We're doing the Student Ministries Family Kickball Night. Robin here, no, he's with the kids. Wait till you see these palms. It's also Palm Sunday. I already said that. Okay, let's stand up and give each other the fist bump just because there's a lot of colds going around. And then I'll pull us back together in a couple seconds to do a call to worship. Okay, for our call to worship, remain standing and just kind of look this way. And I'm going to, the one is going to say, this is the day that the Lord has made. And the many are going to say, let us rejoice and be glad in it. And then I'm going to do Hosanna and you'll say Hosanna and we'll do that three times. You got that? Okay, good. This is the day that the Lord has made. Hosanna, which means save now. Hosanna! 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 Hosanna. 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 Let's worship the Lord.
1: The day in your presence, all our fears are washed away. Let's sing that much again because when we see you, we find strength to face the day in your presence, all our fears are washed away. Washed away. This is one last time, one oh. side
2: morning. Happy Palm Sunday. A couple of quick announcements. Um, next Sunday, welcome back, Pastor. <laughs> um, next Sunday, Easter, we'll have an area out there set up for everyone, um, and we'll have family activities and Easter egg hunt for the children and the youth. Um, and various activities. Today in the fellowship hall, the youth will have a tech table set up for anybody who has questions or need any, need, they need any help with anything tech-wise. And um, April 14th, we're going to have a family event here at the church. Um, more information to come, but it's going to be a family activity in the evening at 7 o'clock. Um, in the back area here, we're doing kickball, I believe, and hot dogs yay, family fun. So bring your kids, bring your family. <laughs> okay, so last week, I talked a little bit about the golden rule matthew seven twelve treat others the way we want to be treated. And then on the flip side of that today is what happens when we don't treat others the way we want to be treated. Um, and that takes us to Matthew. 18. I won't read the whole passage because it's 21 to 35, but it's forgiving. And this is the parable of the unforgiving servant. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy, seventy, seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to the king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. And I won't get into that long parable, but the passage is Matthew eighteen twenty one to 35, if you want to read it. It's just a gentle reminder for us all to remember that we are to forgive one another. And this is what we try to teach our children at home and as Christians that we should also practice, Right. Um, even just as parents within our homes, we could remember to show our forgiveness towards one another. Ask forgiveness when we make a mistake with our, with our spouse or our children and then always forgive. Because obviously we're not counting the 70 times 70 or 7 times 70. That just, in Jesus' speak, is like keep forgiving. Just like God will always keep forgiving us if we ask and return to him. It's so we are to do the same. So children and youth can be dismissed. Oh, quick prayer. You mean say prayer? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for blessing us this beautiful morning. We need the rain. We're thankful for the rain, but we also pray that you. Um, distribute the rain well to help with the flooding and some of the catastrophes it causes. And we thank you for this beautiful day that we're able to celebrate uh, you and your son, the beautiful gift of your son today. And may you please um, help us as we teach the children and the youth in service today. Amen.
3: The gospel message calls us to turn away from disobedience and to be faithful to Christ. As we offer ourselves up to him today in repentance and faith, we renew our confidence in his great mercy for us. Will you please pray with me? Holy and merciful God, you love the world so much that you gave us your Son so that all who believe may have eternal life. We confess that we often fail to demonstrate your great love for us to a world that needs you. Forgive us, O Lord, when we choose to follow the ways of this world instead of your ways. Forgive us when we serve other masters instead of the crucified and risen Lord. Forgive us, Father, when our pride and our selfish definition of success "'causes division in our relationships. "'Show us how to love people well "'and to keep our eyes focused on you. "'We trust in your unfailing love, "'knowing that you redeem us from all of our sins. "'Through Christ Jesus we pray, amen. "'The steadfast love of the Lord "'is from everlasting to everlasting.'" My friends, hear the good news. In Christ Jesus, every one of us, each one of us, we are forgiven.
0: I'm glad I'm back. We're actually the lectionary texts. We've been in John most of the, yeah, we've been John, best friend of Jesus, older, writing his gospel. And then we're going to go today to the triumphal entry where Jesus walks in and it's Matthew. And then we're going to go back to John, best friend on Friday. And then we're going to come back to Matthew on Easter. Um, Interesting. Matthew, tax collector, transformed by the gospel into an amazing story collector. Um, Just that's my word. We've all heard this a million times, but I'm going to read it again, and I'm going to say a few words. But the worship, thank you, amazing choir, and the table are at the forefront of this Palm Sunday. But this is the word of the Lord. When they, this is Matthew chapter 21. I'm going to read the first 11 verses. When, then, when they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, anything to you just say this. The Lord needs them. And he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth and Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Okay. First. A call. A call to simple obedience. Jesus says, go and get some donkeys and some colts. And they did it. Brief word on simple obedience. A lot of us, religion gets a bad rap. Um, Religion, we, we consistently say as followers of Jesus, it's about the relationship with Jesus Christ, right? And religion is seen as this terrible thing. But I think it's both and. You can, we can just as easily be fallen and mess up our relationship with Jesus as we can as it's just more public and more in front of everybody. Right? Brief word of encouragement to those folk that come during Christmas and Easter only. Good job. Good job. I, I think we give them a bad rap. I remember when I was in San Marino, I was talking to, I was kind of frustrated with the, with the Easter and Christmas folk, and I, it came up in this setting. And I was with a couple, and there was a power couple. One was a CEO, the other was a traveling salesman. the the wife The wife was a, like a, on the road a lot, and they had to move heaven and earth to show up on Palm Sunday and Easter and Christmas. Sometimes simple obedience is all it takes. It's the it's difference between being in the right place at the right time and being in the wrong place at the wrong time. So, commend you. Thank you. Well done. Thanks for being here this morning. I don't think I say that enough. And I'm really glad that you are. I, some of you, you really need to hear that. Because it feels dry. It feels like you're talking to a wall. I've had those seasons. Hang in there. Keep doing it. And do what's right in front of you so that's the first thing and that comes through the disciples second thing Jesus is riding in on a donkey what's wrong with this picture it screams humble king those two things don't go together right right if you're a king you got money if you're a king you got clout If you're king, you say something, something happens. Here comes the king, the Alpha and the Omega, the Son of God, rolling into town on a donkey. Why? Matthew, the story collector, also Jewish, converted to Christian, following after Jesus, is one of the original 12. He points out, Man, they prophesied about this. It didn't make any sense then. Why would we be looking for a king riding in on a donkey? Why does the prophet say that? Because of this moment right here, right now. He's smart enough to see, but he's seen the resurrection. He's all, you know, he's riding back, but he's connecting these dots, right? Why is he riding on a donkey? Why? You ever seen the movie, What About Bob? Remember that movie? Nobody? Okay, some people have. I've seen some nods. That's, that's good enough. I'm going to go ahead. The lead character, Bob, says, two types of people in the world, those who love Neil Diamond and those who don't. Do you remember that part? The first time I failed the ordination exams... Was because I quoted Neil Diamond, and I quoted that song by him, the Gospel Roadshow thing, you know. And he, he it ends with ends that live version. And actually, Tim McCalmont, was—you can—he said he was in in the hills in that show. Anyway, because um, it, it was at the Hollywood Bowl, you, you know, like Hollywood Bowl, people climb the fence and hike illegally and hang out in the trees in the back. Tim was that at the show that they recorded. And Neil Diamond says, God reaches out his hands and he grabs you. And you grab him with your left hand because that's what it's there for. And you reach with your right and you grab with your right hand your brother. And I'll add your sister. Because that's what it's there for. That's the reason Jesus is riding on the donkey. You ever heard the the joke, you know those Chuck Norris jokes? Have anybody heard of Chuck Norris? There's Chuck Norris jokes, and there's one of them that says, when Chuck Norris jumps into a pool, he doesn't get wet. The pool gets Chuck Norrised. (laughs) Often we think about Jesus emptying himself into the form of a man as just that him making himself low but the mystery of fully God fully man is he, he doesn't just become a man men and women become him that's why he's riding in donkey he's on our level and he's about to bring all of humanity up with him as resurrection people, as second Exodus people, as followers of him, as Christians. Do you follow? He's writing because he's down here and God is reaching out with his hand. And we got to grab it. And then what's the next part of the gospel according to Neil Diamond? We got to tell everybody, brothers and sisters, and grab their hands. No, no. We don't have to live as fallen humans. The resurrection event has happened, and we can live as fully God humans. We'll get to that in a second. Well, actually, we'll get to that next Sunday. Um, and then I think the other thing about this text, it's got three points. Classic three-point sermon. First one being, we got a call to simple obedience. Second one, prophecy fulfilled. We got a humble king, and we know why. But then we're left with a huge question. How does, how does it happen that on this day, this is the real day, If you've ever been traveled, if you've ever traveled to Israel, that's the number one lesson. This stuff really happened. And it really happened right now. A couple thousand years ago, our king of kings, Lord of lords, rolled into Jerusalem on a donkey. That happened. That really happened. And they were yelling. It says they were shouting. What were they shouting? Save us. Get us out of this place. This place is terrible. My friends are dying. There's divorce. There's misery. There's storms. There's earthquakes. There's floods. There's all kinds of these things. Get us out of here. Full of hope. And by Friday, they're screaming, kill him. Crucify him. Hang him on the tree. How does it go from this to that? That's the big question of this text, right? How does that happen? You have to come back Friday. That's Honestly, that's my, that's my, first, that's my first response to that question. Um, and then when looking into that question, I'll give you a sneak peek on the answer. As you stare at that question, that turns to, how could this happen? To why? And then if you're honest with yourself, you realize You're a part of that crowd. I remember when they killed Bin Laden. Do you remember remember that day? They caught Bin Laden. And I was watching, I was like, that's justice. And I look over, my wife's crying. And I said, why are you crying? And she said, he just looks like somebody's grandpa. The terrible thing is, we're the terrible thing. I, I kind of got Lent until this year. I really got Lent this year. Kind of for the first time. And it's because my buddy recommended this book. And there's just so many moments where this thing spoke to me, preached to me, taught me. But I'll read this, this little section. And it's answering the question, why do we do Lent? Why do we do Lent? You know, we, we pretend, we're, like, he's already died. Right? This has already happened. Why don't we just skip over it and just live as resurrected people? Why don't we just do it? This is a good answer to that question. Still, we need this liturgical cycle to return again and again to this story precisely because we do not yet know what we need to know the way we need to know it. Repentance, as the Desert Fathers insisted, is a never-finished work. We do this because we still may say sorry. We still need to wrestle with, I do the things I don't want to do, and I don't do the things I want to do. We do this because we're forgiven, yet we need to be forgiven. We believe, yet we still need to believe. How do we apply? Simple obedience is the first part, right? Simply show up. And that's once again, I'm just going to commercial. 7 p.m. here on Friday. I would love this place to be even more full than right now. Um, How else? We look at this table. we look at this table and we realize that's the Lord's Supper. This morning, fully embrace God's hand to you in Jesus Christ at this table. And if you've ever been here before, you know that we're going to end this this Service by holding our brothers and sisters' hands. This really happened. And I want us this morning to enter into the truth of that. Jesus reached out and grabbed our hands. Let's grab our brothers and sisters' hands as we're singing the Lord's Prayer later. And let's carry that with us this week. My prayer. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, we realize that you really did come into Jerusalem a couple thousand years ago on a donkey. We pray that by your Spirit, you would walk through with us this week And call us back to repentance. Teach us the things we need to know. The way we need to know them. We pray these prayers in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Now, on top of giving thanks for our weekly tithes and offerings, thank you, Edson. I'm going to praise God for our tithes and offerings and pray over the one great hour of sharing offering. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, I thank you for the resources in which you've blessed us with. I pray that we would continue to be joyful givers. We pray, especially over the one great hour of sharing special offerings this morning. I pray as the people that receive this aid would know that you absolutely adore them. I pray that you would anoint these funds and direct them, guide them into the hands that need them most. And all God's people said, Sing, Doug.
4: On Wednesday this week, our Jewish friends will be celebrating Passover. Thursday is Maundy Thursday and commemorates the last Passover that Jesus had with his followers. Even more, it is called Maundy because that is the word for mandate or command which Jesus gave to all of his followers then and now. Jesus said, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. After the meal was over, Jesus went to Gethsemane to pray, and there he was arrested. As we come around this table today, we come in thanksgiving for the great love shown to us by Jesus Christ. And we renew our pledge to love one another as Christ Loved us. You are all invited to come to this table today to share in this last meal of Christ. Will you pray with me. <clears throat> it is truly right and our greatest joy to give you thanks and praise, O Lord our God, Creator and Ruler of the universe. You made us in your image setting us in your world to love and serve you and to live in peace with the whole creation. Out of your great love for the world, you sent your only Son to redeem us and to be the way to eternal life. You are holy and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. In him we see what we were created to be. Though blameless, he suffered willingly for our sin. Though innocent, he accepted death for the guilty. On the cross, he offered himself a perfect sacrifice for the life of the world. By his suffering and death, he freed us from sin and death. Risen from the grave, he leads us to the joy of new life. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, and upon these your gifts of bread and wine, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. By your Spirit, unite us with the living Christ and with all who are baptized in his name, that we may be one in ministry in every place. As this bread is Christ's body for us, send us out to be the body of Christ in the world. Lead us, O God, in the way of Christ. Help us to love you above all else and to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, demonstrating that love in word and deed in the power of your Spirit. Through Jesus Christ, all glory and honor are yours, Almighty God. Hear our prayer. Amen. On the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread. And after giving thanks, he said to his followers, This is my body, broken for you for the forgiveness of sin. Take, eat, and do so in remembrance of me. And remembering that final Passover meal that our Lord went through, we say to you, take and eat. Jesus said, I am the bread of life whoever comes to me shall never be hungry. So if you would take your little wafer and the body of Christ broken for you.
0: So many things happen at this table. And this morning I'm thinking this is the long journey. Right? This road's a lot longer than I thought it would be. And a lot more difficult. Anybody watch San Diego State win at the buzzer beater? <laughs> they won by one point as, the, as the, the clock expired. And as he was making that shot, I was thinking about something Michael Jordan always says. He would always say, he would say, for every shot I'm making in a game, there's thousands and thousands that I've missed. How many communion services have you been to? Are we getting better? Are we getting better at receiving what I just preached about and going out and sharing it? In the same way, he gathered with his 12 around the table this Thursday for the last time, like Sharon said. And he said, this is the body broken. And this is the cup. Notice they took my thing for pouring out of my hands because <laughs> they've got tired of me spilling, I think. <laughs> but picture me pouring Christ's blood poured out, not for Jason, not just for Jason, but for you. And Paul later adds the words to his letter to the Church of Corinth. As often as we, that's us, followers of Jesus, eat this bread and drink from this cup as a community, we're proclaiming and we're clinging to that cross. Our sins are forgiven. It's true. Our sins are forgiven. And one day we'll sit around the table with all the loved ones we're missing right now. And Jesus will be at the head of that table and he'll say, let's party. But for now, we're just practicing. We proclaim the Lord's death and his coming back for each and every one of us. Take, drink the cup of Christ the blood of Jesus taking away the sins of the world. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, we've we've gathered to your word. We've confessed our sins to you through the word. We've worshiped the word that is Jesus the Christ. We've gathered around the words table. And we've been poured into. By your spirit, equip us, fill us up, send us out. And all God's people said, amen. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guide and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.